Wow, a lot going on. I want to emphasize what uh, Brother Michael just said about June the 1st and the, uh, the worship time and the, down in downtown Durham. Uh, we did National Day of Prayer uh, to get down into the heart of the city and to sing praise and worship and to pray makes a difference. To hear those praises and those prayers bouncing off those buildings made a difference. And I'm going to tell you why I know it made a difference, because we got the police called to us. We got the police called to us. And that was okay. The officers were very respectful. We had our permits and we have all of our things here. But folks, we're in a world today that, that doesn't like the Christian message. And we're not to go out with a message of hostility. We go out in the power of God. And it's going to send a, a statement, a loud statement about the unified church of Christ if we can come together on June 1st and have one, two, three, four hundred people down at Central Park. Because there will be a lot of other groups down there. I hope we can see a unified church. So I hope if you, if you live by one of these things like I do, because if it's not in here, it's not going to happen in my life. And I've already got it in mind. So I hope you'll take your, your phone out and you'll put June 1st at 3 o'clock, I think it starts, and put it in there and plan on coming. There's going to be games. There's going to be music. We just want to show the rest of the world what the church looks like. And I hope that you'll come and be a part of that. Man, there's a lot going on. That this weekend is Mother's Day weekend, and it's graduation weekend. It's always a real busy time. But there's a couple things I think I, we need to recognize here in our church and a couple of accomplishments. First of all, I want to uh, recognize Brother Todd going. Bro Brother Todd, stand, brother. Brother Todd graduated yesterday from Liberty University. That's quite an accomplishment when you consider he did that while working full-time. He has a business. He has a family. It takes a lot of effort to do that, Brother Todd. Congratulations, brother. Congratulations. Uh, Anne-Marie and Brent Ingram, they're not here this morning. Many of you know them. They had their little baby, Nora. She is doing good, but I, as you can imagine, Mom and Dad are locked down now with the baby stuff. So they'll be returning soon. Get, drop them a line. Give them a call if you can and congratulate them. Sophie Tyler got married yesterday. Many of you know Sophie and, and Doug and Emily, and so they're out celebrating a honeymoon now, I guess, and so congratulations to them. So a lot going on in our church, and we want to congratulate everyone who has um, had such an accomplishment. What I want to do this morning is I'm going to ask every woman in this building, if you would, every woman, not whether you're a mother or not, every lady, if you're in this building, if you would stand. Every lady. Guys, I want you to look around. This is what makes the world beautiful. You guys, not so much. You know, whether you're a mother or not, I want to echo what Sister Christie said. Whether you're a mother or not, whether you strive to be a mother, or whether you will be a mother, your, your worth in the kingdom of God, you are a daughter of the Most High God. And your worth is not tied up in whether or not you're a mother. Maybe God will choose that for you. Maybe He won't. But God has something special for you in His kingdom. And we look through the Word of God and we see where God used women mightily in His Word. So I just want to give all the ladies a hand. God. You may be seated. When I think about some of the women that God used mightily, I think about Esther. Esther was a young girl. God used her. God positioned her in a time to save His people from annihilation. Abigail. Abigail was used by God. Abigail had a knucklehead husband. And you know what? There's a lot of women. Sometimes I can be a knucklehead. I thank goodness for Tammy so many times I can bounce things off of her. 
But Abigail had a knucklehead husband, and she saved him from being killed by David, by King David. Or whether it's Eunice and Lois, there was a man named Timothy, and he took over the ministry for the Apostle Paul. And he was raised in the Scriptures by his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois. So God uses women to do many, many great things, and we honor you here this morning. But we are here to celebrate Mother's Day. We are here to celebrate Mother's Day. Now, mothers teach us a lot of things, don't they? Our mothers teach us a lot of things. And I ran across something, that uh, some of the things that our mothers teach us. And, you know, it's interesting as I went through this list, and I pared it down a little bit, but I, I, I picked the many of things that I can tell you my mother taught me off this list. And maybe you will find some of them that your mom taught you. She taught me logic. She'd say things like this, because I said so, that's why. Let me know if you, you know, I know you've heard this before. She taught me to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. <laughs> Christy talked about cleaning and getting the laundry. I told Tammy this morning she was, she was emptying the dishwasher. She was doing laundry. And I said, baby, you're not supposed to be doing that stuff on Mother's Day. She's like, yeah, right. It's got to get done, don't it, guys? Religion. She taught religion. You better pray that comes out of that carpet. She taught time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. She taught foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. You heard that. I know you have. She taught irony. Keep crying. I'm going to give you something to cry about. I know some of you mamas have said that. The circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. Behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. Anticipation, and I heard this many times. Just wait till your father gets home. My mom said it like this, I'm going to tell your daddy when he gets home. And I knew what that meant. And finally, justice. One day you will have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you, then you'll see what it's like. Some of the things our mother taught us. My mother had a unique skill. I didn't necessarily pick it up, but uh, what I'm about to tell you is the truth, and Tammy can tell you that. My mother was a master shoe thrower. She could throw a sandal. We, we, we like to pick on people, and, and Tammy will tell you this, she, she got the brunt of it, she, she has me, and she had two boys, and, and my mom had my dad and us two boys, and we just picked on her all the time, we'd grab her cheeks and just mess with her, mess with her. Well, you knew when she got tired of it, the shoe was coming off, and when my mom did like this, you better be moving, and I'm not joking, because that shoe, that sandal was coming across, and it didn't have a name on it, and a lot of times, you've never seen people run like that. Everybody, when, when she did this, everybody's running. And that shoe comes across that room. It don't have a name on it. Many times it had collateral damage. But she was a master shoe thrower. I didn't, I didn't need that. I didn't get that skill from my mother. My mom's going home to be with the Lord. I miss her every day. But thank God her faith was in Christ. And my separation from her is temporary. And I'll see her again in heaven one day. And I look forward to that. Things my mother taught me. We want to look at it for a moment, though, today, and I, I'm wondering if um, my, my uh, if you read my message this morning, my, uh, I'm sorry, who did, who did it? Emma? I wonder if you read my outline this morning, Emma. I was looking at that, I was like, wow, she could, she could just preach my whole message. But I want to look this morning at the mother of Jesus, Mary. And so if you have your outline, if you're looking to introduction, is anybody here who does not have an outline? Pastor does it. Check me. Brother Chip will give you one. If you keep your hand raised, Brother Chip will get you an outline. So look at the introduction. It says, The Bible has several examples of the depths of a mother's love and commitment to her children. 
whether it's Jochebed, the mother of Moses. A decree had been given by the Pharaoh to kill all the newborn Hebrew children. And Jochebed took Moses and she put him in a little boat and she put him on the Nile River and sent him down the Nile so that he would not be killed. And we know that God went on to use Moses to free the Hebrew children from Egyptian captivity. And I thought, and I thought about this. One, I think one of the innate qualities of a mom is a protector. I know we are as dads, but have you ever heard, don't poke mama bear? Don't poke mama bear. There's something about moms that have a unique protective quality of their children. When I talked to Tammy about this message, I asked her what she was feeling a little bit, you know, when she was pregnant. She said, you know, I just thought I have this child within me and I would give my very life for it. And, you know, I want to tell you, uh, I've seen that protective quality a little bit. I had the um, pleasure of helping coach wrestling for many years. And, and occasionally in a wrestling match, a, a young boy will go down. He's been hurt. Well, when the trainers go out, the trainers go out to check on the coach, you better have a coach checking for mama because she's coming. She is coming. She's coming on that mat to check on her kids. Uh, a story was told at the Greensboro Coliseum is where they have the state tournament. And the mats are down on a lower level and all the seating is up top. And one of the coaches told me that a, a wrestler went down and was hurt pretty bad. And he looked up, and Mama is coming over the railing. It's about a 10-foot drop. She wasn't going to wait to try to walk down them steps and get down there. And some of the men were holding her, trying to lower her down so she could get down on that floor and get to her mom, get to her son. Moms have the protective quality. Jochebed had that in Moses. Hannah, the mother of Samuel. Some of you here, you may be wanting a child. Maybe that hasn't happened for you. That was true of Hannah. Hannah wanted a child, but she trusted God, and God gave her that child. And she gave that child up to the Lord, and Samuel came on to be the greatest prophet that Israel had ever had. Or whether it's an unnamed mother. The Bible says it was actually a prostitute. There was two prostitutes, and they got pregnant. And one of them in the middle of the night rolled over, and the baby died. So she stole the live child. And the Bible says they went to King Solomon, a very wise man, and they were arguing of whose child this was. So Solomon takes the baby. He takes a sword. He's going to cut the baby in half. And one of the mothers says, hold on, let her have it. Let her have it. Solomon said, surely this is the real mother. We see over and over many mothers in the scriptures. But this morning I want to take a look at a, another special mother, which is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Although wrongly considered divine by some, Mary was uniquely chosen by God to bring forth the greatest gift to mankind, Jesus, the Savior of the world. Who was Mary? She was a virgin. She was a Jewish girl, probably, most say she was probably about 14 years old. She was betrothed to Joseph, a Jewish carpenter. You have to understand a little bit about the betrothal back then. It was more like our marriage today. They, if someone was betrothed for that, to be, that betrothal to be broken, they had to become divorced. The only thing that had not happened is that the marriage had not been consummated intimately. So she would have been a virgin, betrothed to a Jewish carpenter named Joseph. Why is that important? Joseph and Mary both come from the lineage of David. The Messiah had to come through the lineage of David. The prophet Samuel had told David that, he, that, he, that God would give him his kingdom forever, that, that the Messiah would come through that lineage. She was an ordinary woman in many respects. Mary was not a queen. She was not nobility. And I think about that when God says he's going to use the simple things to confound the wise. Here God would take a young, really poor, most if you look at the life of Mary, she was likely poor. 
and use her to bring his son into the world. I thought about this as I thought about Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. He wasn't even supposed to talk to this woman. She was a Samaritan. She was a sinful woman. But that's who he chose to reveal his Messiahship to. He sends his, God sends his son into the world through a, a poor Jewish girl and reveals himself as the Messiah to a sinful Samaritan. However, she had the extraordinary privilege of being a mother. You know, I think about my mom. I mentioned my mom. My, in the eyes of society, my mom didn't do anything extraordinary. She wasn't a politician. She didn't run a Fortune 500 company. Her name was never in lights. But you know what she did? She stayed home while my dad worked. And she raised me and my brother. And she brought us up and she taught us about the Lord and she made a home. And those things maybe sometimes are looked down on today, but those things are important. That thing, if you, mom, if you work inside the home, you're, once you become a mother, there's nothing ordinary about you. You are an extraordinary person. Because now you have the greatest responsibility you'll ever have. And that is to take the life of another human being that God has given you and raise that child. Mothers are rarely mentioned, but they're often behind success. Oftentimes you'll hear someone that's successful, they'll, they may mention their wife, they may mention their spouse, but... Mothers are rarely mentioned. Mothers are rarely mentioned. I'm sure all of you here know who Abraham Lincoln is. I know who he is. Great president, freed to slaves. Do you know his mother's name? I don't. I didn't Google it for these purposes. But we know who Abraham Lincoln is. And Abraham Lincoln said, All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Yet most will not know her name. George Washington, our first president, said, All I am I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education that I received from her. And Billy Graham was quoted as saying, only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in molding the character of her children. Mothers are extraordinary people. Why did God choose Mary? What attributes may have God seen in Mary that would cause him to choose her? First of all, let me give you a summary of what had happened to Mary. This story is going to be very familiar to most of you. We, we talk about this. This is uh, scriptures read a lot at Christmas time. But as I said, Mary's a young girl. She's a virgin. And an angel appears to her and says, Mary, you're going to have a child. Now think about that for a minute. I think we say that and, and we just roll that off of our lips. But we have to understand the implications of the cultural issues of that day. Mary had not been with a man. And Mary was betrothed. So that means two things. One, either she's committed adultery, which in that day would get her stoned, would get her killed, or at a minimum she would be set out, maybe to beg or even to become a prostitute. So God has appeared to her, the angels appeared to her and said, Mary, you're going to have a baby. So now she has to go to Joseph. Imagine if she has to go to her husband and say, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Think about that. Now what's he going to think? She's been with another man. All these things... Great fear. And the Bible says that she became troubled. I believe in the supernatural of God today. I believe the gifts and all the things are for us today. But I'm going to tell you right now, if an angel slipped up beside me and said, Larry, I need to tell you something, it'd scare me to death. And it scared her. But she listened to that angel. And she said, how can this be? All the questions started. How can this be? How can I have a baby? I've never been with a man. What's going to happen to me? What's my future going to be? I think about that as... As she pondered, the Bible, as, as Emma said, she began to ponder all these things at that point in her heart. But I think one of the reasons God chose Mary is because of what she said in Luke 1 and 38. 
When the angel left her, it says, the Bible says this, it said, Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary trusted God and his word. Mom, as you, as you with your children, if you've already raised your children or if you're an expectant mother, I can imagine there's been times you've had to trust God and his word with their lives. You keep trusting in God with your kids. I don't know what the situation is. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe there's a child that's lost. Maybe they've never come to a saving knowledge of Christ. You keep praying. You keep trusting in God. You don't know what his, he has in the future for your, for your son or for your daughter. Every time I think about this, I always think about Brother Junius, pastor's brother. You've heard pastor tell about it so many times, how Junius was an alcoholic. And his mom raised them. And he was an alcoholic for many years. And she passed away. No, no doubt wanted to see him come to the Lord. But you know what? She didn't see it, but he came to the Lord. Those prayers were honored. When he walked through that gate, I believe one of the first people to greet him was his mother. Those prayers were honored. Mom, you keep praying. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe you have a child in the military. How many military moms do we have here? Stand up for just a minute. I know we got some. Where's our military moms? You worry about those children, don't you? You keep praying over those kids. Thank you, moms. Keep praying for those kids. I thank them for their service. But you're going to worry about those children. We worried about Colin when he was on the missions field. Maybe there's been sickness. Some of you have experienced sickness with your children. Tammy's sister lost a child. So there's going to be many times, just like with Mary, there's going to be things you don't understand. There's going to be things that's going to make you pray and ponder and think. But trust in God and trust in his word. Mary worshiped God. Look at Luke 1, 46 through 49. So after Mary found out that she was pregnant, she went and visited with Elizabeth. Elizabeth was a lady who was also pregnant. She had John the Baptist. And so they did what women do. I see these kind of expectant mothers sometimes. They get together and they, you know, when's your baby shower? And they like to talk about baby stuff and you see all those things. And I think that's when they begin to ponder those things in their heart. Sister Christie's about to have her first baby. You pondering a few things, Sister Christie? I bet you're pondering a few things on it. I'm sure Sister Anne Marie's been pondering. That's her second. I'm sure she's been pondering a few things. Sister Ashley, how many is this for you? Six. H have you got anything left to ponder? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm sure you do. And I watch our expectant mothers get together and think about these things. But uh, Mary came to Elizabeth. And, they, and, and the Bible says that when... Elizabeth came into the presence of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb. So she went to meet with Elizabeth, and then it says that Mary sang a song of praise. And when you look at the scriptures and you look at what that song of praise, you begin to understand the heart of Mary and why God may have chosen her. First, she worshiped God in Luke 1, 46 through 49. It says, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mary didn't say holy is my name. There are some, I'm, I don't have a Catholic background, so I'm not going to pretend to know. I do, I have heard some things that some believe that Mary may have been a co-redemptrix. She may have been some type of intercessor, none of which is true. You can see in this song of praise that Mary recognized the holiness of God and she worshiped him. Mom, teach your kids to worship the Lord. Teach them to worship the Lord. I, I, I got to tell you, every time Sister Christie's up here singing and that baby's in her belly and she's belting out those praise and worship songs, that baby can hear that. 
It matters when you bring those children into the presence of God. And you'll never regret it. Mary worshiped God. Mary feared God. Look at Luke 1 and 50. She said, And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. Mom, when you come in and you raise those kids in the, in, the, in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, those returns for generation to generation. We had, we had the uh, privilege last Sunday of watching Brother Dan and Sister Josie. I don't want to say renew because they didn't like that word. Pastor, I don't know what word, but they renewed their vows. If he was here, he'd say, not renew, not renew. But they just confirmed their marriage after 50 years. And their oldest son, Danny, got up here and he talked about that. He talked about how his grandmother and grandfather had led them to the Lord and how generation after generation after generation now had been blessed because of that. And the same is true of me. It was my dad's mother. She was the matriarch of our family. When my mom and dad won't save, she was the one who would come get me and my brother and take us to Evangel Assembly of God. My, mom, my dad was saved, and he instilled that in us, and I'm instilled that in my boys, and I hope that they'll instill it in their children. And it'll be from generation to generation to generation, as God intended it, as God intended it. But she feared God. Proverbs 31 and 30 says this, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Mary put her faith into action. She just didn't know about her faith. Mary would have been raised. She was a Jewish girl. She would have been raised in those scriptures. She'd have been bathed in it. But she took it and she put it into action. If you look at Luke 22 and 23, it says, Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were complete, they brought him, that's Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. By Jewish law, the, the, when, a, when a Jewish girl had her first child, she was considered un, impure for 40 days. She had to make a trip up to Jerusalem and make a sacrifice. And the first child was considered holy to the Lord, all, and they had to be consecrated to the Lord. Mary did that, along with Joseph. They made a, probably a six-day trip from Nazareth to Jerusalem to do that. Mary just didn't talk about her faith. She put that faith into action. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 reads like this, and I think Mary would have been familiar with this scripture. It says, And these words which I command to you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I can summarize that for you, moms. Let your children see your faith in your daily life. Let them see it in how you go to work. Let them see it in how you deal with the Father. Let them see it in how you help those in need. That's what it's saying. Let your faith be real in your daily life. And Mary was. Mary was honored by her children, particularly Jesus. The Bible tells us that Mary had other children. She had at least four more boys. Jude was one. James was one. And there was two more boys. And there were some daughters also that the Bible does not mention. But Jesus honored his mother. Jesus obeyed his parents. Look at Luke 2 and 51. And before I read that, I'd like to summarize that for you. So they have gone up to Jerusalem. Mary and, and Joseph had taken Jesus to Jerusalem for Passover. Once again, keeping that faith in action. And they're coming back. The Bible says they're a day's journey away. And they look back and they said, where is Jesus at? They can't find him. How many of you have lost your children before? I have. They're, those little suckers can get away in a hurry, can't they? 
Well, they're a day's journey out. And they, they don't know where he is. They said, where's Jesus at? So they go all the way, a day's journey out. They go back to Jerusalem looking for him. And the Bible says they find him in the temple teaching. And yes, he had a unique understanding. He was God himself. He had a unique understanding of God's word. But I think part of the reason he had that is because his mother and his father had brought him up in the scriptures. But he was in there teaching. And Mary went up to him and said, Jesus, you scared us half to death. What are you doing? You're supposed to come back to uh, Nazareth with us. And he said, I must be about my father's business. But he went back with them. And if you look at Luke 2.51, at the end of that, it says this. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. The very son of God was subject to his parents. He turned the water into wine. In, Luke, in, in John 2, 3 through 5, this was, a, this was a wedding. This was a Jewish wedding. They weren't like our weddings. They were multiple day events. They were big shindigs. And there was things were going on. And the wine runs out. And this is what happens in, if you'll if you read with me in John 2, 3 through 5. It says, And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Now I want to stop right there. To say woman seems disrespectful. And I will tell you that if, when, when I was growing up, if my mom had asked me something I had said woman, she probably would have introduced me to that time traveling and she'd have smacked me in the middle of next week. But I want you to understand what's hap- starting to happen here. Whenever Jesus is asked to start showing his deity, you start to see a separation. We'll see that word again. You start to see a separation between him being her natural child and him being her savior. And a separation. She's asking him to do that separation now. To do, to reveal himself as the Messiah. And he says this, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, and she gives some advice that we could, would be wise to keep today. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. But you know what he did? He turned that water into wine. He turned that water into wine. You know, she said, whatever you say, do, do it. And she just walked off. So I'm assuming, you know, she knew he's going he's gonna to do what I told him, asked him to do. And, and he did it, which is a sign of obeying those parents. Jesus is concerned for his mother while on the cross. John 19, 25 through 27. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved, that would be John, standing by, he said to his mother, woman, there's that word again, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to be his own. You're talking about honoring a mom. Here the Savior of the world is hanging on a cross, feeling the very weight of of all the sin of mankind. He can feel the wrath of God on his body. Taking my sin, taking your sin. And he takes just a moment to make sure his mother is taken care of. And he says, woman. Most scholars say at that point what has happened, Jesus has made that separation. As Mary's there at the foot of the cross, church, her need is the same as my need and your need. She needs a Savior. She needs a Savior. She's lost without him. But no doubt she's at the foot of that cross. She looks up. She sees a son. She sees the little baby she raised. She sees the little boy that she nursed. She sees the little boy she played games to. She sees the little boy she read to. But what, what Jesus sees at that moment 
is a woman who needs a Savior. And if you're here this morning and you're a mom and you, don't, you never accepted Christ as your Savior, you need a Savior. If you're here and you're a son or your daughter and your mom's with you, you need a Savior. That's what Mary needed at that point was a Savior. But she told, he told John, take care of your mother. It wasn't his natural mother, but he wanted to be sure that his mother was taken care of. Early church writers say that John took Mary to Ephesus where he cared for her until the end of her life. Let's look at a couple lessons from the life of Mary. There is no such thing as an ordinary mother. If you're here this morning and you're a mother, there's nothing ordinary about you. You have an extraordinary responsibility. God chose you to be a mother. If you're a mother, if you've gotten pregnant, I don't know the circumstances. Sometimes they're not ideal. Sometimes they're unexpected. As the abortion battle rages, I want you to understand that if you're pregnant, God chose you for that. And He will see you through that. There's some incredible circumstances sometimes when women find themselves in those. But trust in God. God chose you for that position. And lastly, mothers are to be honored. You know, inevitably, when you give a message like this and you look at someone like Mary who trusted God, who worshiped God, who feared God, who put her faith in the action, what you have to understand is Mary was still in a fallen world. Mary still had some faults. And whenever you give a message like this and you talk about that, inevitably there will be a mother out somewhere and they may shrink down a little bit when you're giving a message like this and you say, Brother Larry, what you just said, that sounds good, but it don't describe me. That's not how I was. Maybe you came to the Lord late. Maybe you carry guilt because your children are not where you think they should be. Maybe you're a child here today and you say, you know what, that sounds good, Brother Larry, but that doesn't describe my mom. Sin, there's not a relationship in our life that sin doesn't touch. It touches the relationships of moms, dads. That's what Satan did. He destroyed the relationship between God and his creation. But I'm here to tell you that Christ will restore those relationships. Joel 2.25, the prophet Joel, he was speaking to the nation of Israel. Called them to repentance first. And he said, if you'll come and repent. Mom, if you're here, if you'll come and repent. Children, if you're here and you'll come and repent. He says, I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. If there's a strained relationship, Sister Christie mentioned, if there's a strange relationship, get it right. See, relationships are not about being right. You might be right. Maybe mom didn't get it right. And I can guarantee you mom didn't get it right every time. Maybe your children didn't get it right. I can tell you they didn't get it right every time. I didn't get it right every time. But it's not about being right. It's about getting it right. It's about those relationships being right before God. So if you're here this morning and your mom is here with you and there's some strain, get it right. If your children are not here with you and you're worried about all these things, you keep praying and see what God will do. The devil's been working overtime to destroy the family since it was instituted because that is the plan of God. That was his design. Anything God designs, the devil's going to come against. And he designed that family to carry that name from generation to generation. But you keep working and you keep praying, Mom, and see what happens. The last mention of Mary, she's praying on the day of Pentecost in Acts 1.14. She's in the upper room. She's never mentioned again in the Bible. Like I said, Bible scholars said that she, John took her to Ephesus where he cared for her to the end of the life, in her life. God used her mightily. He chose this young woman to use her supernaturally. And if you're here and you're a mother, God chose you, Mom, to use you supernaturally. How he does that, I don't know. There's going to be some times there's going to be some worry. There's going to be some times there's going to be some struggle. 
but you keep your faith in God. Teach your children to trust God, to worship God, to fear God, and to put their faith into action. I want to close with this story. Uh, Tammy actually gave me this, and I, I, uh, I'm going to ask Matt and the team if they'll come on up. A baby asked God, they tell me you are sending me to earth tomorrow, but how am I going to live there being so small and helpless? Your angel will be waiting for you and will take care of you. The child further inquired, but tell me here in heaven, I don't have to do anything but sing and smile and be happy. God said, your angel will sing for you and will also smile for you and you will feel your angel's love and be very happy. Again, the child asked, and how am I going to be able to understand when people talk to me if I don't know the language? God said, your angel will tell you the most beautiful and sweet words you will ever hear. And with much patience and care, your angel will teach you how to speak. And what am I going to do when I want to talk to you? God said, your angel will place your hands together and will teach you how to pray. Who will protect me? God said, your angel will defend you even if it means risking its life. But I will always be sad because I won't see you anymore. God said, your angel will always talk to you about me and will teach you the way to come back to me, even though I will always be next to you. At that moment, there was much peace in heaven, but voices from earth could be heard. And the child hurriedly asked, God, if I'm going to leave now, please tell me my angel's name. You will simply call her mom. Mom, you've got an extraordinary job. Maybe you've done an extraordinary job. Maybe things hadn't turned out the way you thought they would. But God's still working. God's still behind the scenes. God still honors the prayers of a mother. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this Mother's Day. Lord, I uh, heard someone recently ask, why should a believer even bring a child into this world today? And the answer was, because you've told us to. It is a scary world. There's a lot going on, but you're a big God. And I thank you for my mom, and I thank you for every mother that's here. God, I pray if there's a mother here who doesn't know you, that while this music plays softly, they'll come stand here, surrender themselves to you. God, if there's a child here, maybe that's with their mom, having to surrender their life to you, they'll come and stand and surrender their... That would be the greatest gift for a mother on Mother's Day is that a wayward child would come and surrender their life to you. And I thank you, Lord, that you're still in the business of restoring relationships. God, if there's a strained or broken relationship here this morning, that you would restore that relationship. So I thank you for the gift of motherhood. And I pray blessings on every mother that's here. And I pray peace in their hearts and their minds. God, as I know they're concerned about their children, no matter what phase of life their children are in. Brother Matt's going to play the music for just a moment. If you're here this morning, you never surrendered yourself to Christ. I ask that you come down to this altar and someone will meet you here. If you feel the Spirit of God moving and tugging in your heart, and that's what happens. You start to feel something tugging in your spirit. Don't push it away. Don't let pride, don't let fear. 
Fear is a, fear is a motivating factor. And Satan will use it to keep you from getting what God has to give to you. As Pastor Don stands down here, just for another, I'm just going to wait another moment. So what I want to do, I want to end the service. If you're visiting with us this morning, we'd like to end our service around the altar, just pray. And so what I want to do, I'm going to ask all my moms, if particularly all moms, even if your children are here or not, age 35 and younger, if you'll come forward. If you bring your children with you. All, every mother here, 35 or younger, if you'll come, if you're ch- including expectant, if you'll come and just stand. If your husband's with you, bring your husband with you. We just want to pray over our families before we leave. Every mom, 35 years or younger. We talked about the blessings being from generation to generation. We're about to see several generations here. Forty-five to thirty-five, if you'll come and stand behind them. If you guys will come up just a little bit closer to the altar. Forty-five to thirty-five. If you have your children, bring your children with you, bring your husband with you, come and stand. I'm going to ask that generation that came up, if you'll put your hands on somebody in front of you, find yourself a younger generation mom, and maybe put your hands on the one that's younger than you are. 55. 55. Bring your family with you. Place your hands on someone in a generation before you. Everyone else, if you'll come and fill in behind. Moms, let the moms come in, fill in behind. I didn't forget about you, Sister Judy. I really sense God's presence here. Don't let it pass you by. Don't let it pass you by. I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to ask Matt to sing. Mom, if you're here, you have a need. You share with one of those mothers that's with you, that's gone before you, what your need is. You share. They've walked that path. They've walked that path of fear. They've walked that path of trouble. They've walked it. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask that you share. If there's if something, it's a wayward child, or something you're concerned about after this, Brother Matt's going to play and sing after this, and I want, you to, I want you to turn to some mother and ask him and share whatever that prayer. God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I sent your anointed presence here. God, I look at your design for a man and a woman, the family that you created. 
Lord, and I thank you for every mother that's represented here. I thank you for the children that are here, God. Lord, I pray salvation in this place. God, I pray as those who stand before me, if they're in need of you for salvation, I pray that the Holy Spirit, God, would move in their hearts, would prick their hearts, and they would submit themselves to you, oh God. Lord, I pray with, with every mother here, with every troubled heart, as I look at these mothers, and I know there's still things, God, that they ponder in their heart. God, would you move? God, as they cry out to you, maybe for a child that's lost, maybe for a sick child, God, would you move in their lives, and God, would you grant them peace. I thank you, Lord God, for the mothers. I thank you for the faithfulness of Mary and every mother and every woman, God, that you placed in my path. God, to help me along life's way. Now, Lord, we ask that you move in this place as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Somehow I feel like this uh, song is sort of prophetic because maybe there's someone here that you've been dealing with fear. Fear is an awful torment. But I feel like as we sing this once again, I want to hear you sing it. I want to hear the congregation sing this song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Larry, thank you for such a challenge and such a beautiful and wonderful sermon today. I'm sure the moms and dads and all of us feel better because of what God's word has spoken to our hearts. But I just feel especially to pray for those that may be struggling with fear, maybe fear over sickness, maybe fear over a loved one that doesn't serve God now, maybe fear over losing a job or something the enemy is trying to bring fear in your life. We're going to pray, and I want you to agree with us, and then we're going to sing this song once again. Father, I thank you because you're not the author of confusion or fear. You've given us not only power, but victory over all the fear that would try to grip our lives. Lord, and I believe as we send faith to the door, fear will have to leave. We pray against, dear God, a spirit of fear. Whether it's a fear of the darkness, whether it's a fear of a job, losing a job, whether it's the fear of a relation, some kind of relationship that's gone sour or south. Lord, I pray, God, against this spirit of fear. And I pray that each and every individual, mom, dad, young person alike, would be free, free from fear. In Jesus' name, sing it with us. Sing it. Here we go. I'm no longer... I am a child of God. Wow. We hope all the mothers are going to have a wonderful time. I'm sure dad's going to take them all out to Outbacks and buy a mistake. <laughs> and the whole family. No matter what your plans are this afternoon, whether it's a meal at home or a meal out uh, in, uh, to a restaurant somewhere, we hope you have a great time. It's so good to have all of our visitors here. Thank you for coming and worshiping the God with us. Did you need to say something like that? Before we leave, you guys, you're always, especially young boys, you're always worried about what to give your mama. Before you leave here, this altar right here, I want you to grab her and give her a great big hug. That's what they really want. Oh, That's yeah. what they really want. And all the ladies, we have a gift for Dismiss you in the back. Dismiss.
Okay. We have a gift for all the ladies in the back before you go out. The God bless you. We hope you have a great day. And uh, go take care of Mama. No laundry today.